song that is so cool welcome 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 to the first and the inaugural i guess that's the same thing but who cares <laughs> the, the the very first episode of a new podcast that's it's called coffee bacon and other sacred things i am going to be your host i'm pastor chris graveson and i have a my favorite guest and she's going to be a recurring and again and again guest and she is such a precious friend of mine, and she is a blessing. She got me back into radio um, a couple years back, which <laughs> you could call that a blessing or a curse upon Lake County if you want to. Um, but um, her, this is Joyce Adams is with me today. Hello, everyone. And she, uh, and that's probably the last nice thing you will hear me say, because <laughs> that's the nature of our don't, relationship. Don't ever do it. <laughs> And I question the sanctity of bacon, but that we can go on. Well, we I go, yeah, go buy that. <laughs> I needed to give her the I need to give her the kudos. She's probably the only vegetarian that I know who would be willing to be on a podcast with bacon in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to me, bacon is sacred. There's coffee and there's bacon, and we really should have coffee with us when we drink when drinking while we're on this. On yeah, if we want to be up all night. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're shooting this in the afternoon, or we're, we're recording this in the afternoon. I already had my maybe over two cups this morning. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we are in Lake County, California, in, in beautiful downtown Clear Lake, uh, California. And again, that's probably the last time we'll talk about that. And it's just, it's, that's just where we are. And we love, we, we, we have so much fun doing uh, the uh, our radio show every Friday um, on uh, our local radio station, I thought I, there's when I wanted to start my own podcast. There's no one that I thought of other than than Joyce joining me. We do so, have a good time. We enjoy we have, ourselves, and we put a lot of information out there. We do some some civic good when we yeah. have our different guests on. And, and now we're just hoping to kind of expand that beyond um, Clear Lake and and be a mixed blessing to ready for the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um and yeah and you are you know I mean you've been friends with our family for golly five six seven, six, seven years now and and um you're the crazy aunt to my sweet daughters and uh, a, a wonderful sister to my to my sweet wife and I just I have to share a story we uh, Brenda and I kind of took a few days off and uh, for a staycation we're done. We've traveled so much lately. We're just done with traveling. And, and so we've taken a staycation the last few days. And we went shopping on uh, this past Thursday. And, and, you know, it's and it's Christmas shopping that we're doing. And, and we're hoping to get some Christmas decorations and all that kind of stuff. And, okay, there are, there are a few stores that I am not allowed to go into <laughs> without... Proper adult supervision, ad, yeah. <laughs> proper adult supervision, and it used to be. I don't think they even exist anymore. Too much, anyway. Is Sears, you know, going into Sears tool department for the first twenty five years of our marriage, I was never allowed to go in because I would go in and I'd buy the farm and I'd come home with armfuls of of tools that I would never use, but they were so cool I had to buy them. But um, pretty much now, it's Guitar Center. I am not allowed to go into without adult supervision and Bass Pro or basically any gun shop without pr proper supervision. So, th and there's only one 
uh, shop, store that Brenda is not allowed to go into without adult supervision, and that is Hobby Lobby. She is very, she's, she's my sweet, precious wife, and she is very crafty. She's very artistic, and she loves doing, in fact, she's, you know, doing different things all the time. And, and so Hobby Lobby is like her mecca. (laughs) (laughs) And she could go in, and everything is, I don't want to say cheap, but it's always on some massive discount. Well, we have nothing of that nature in in the little town we live in. Nothing of that nature. No, no hobby stores whatsoever. Yeah. So we we drove a couple hours and went to another uh, city, and 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 <laughs> we're walking into Hobby Lobby, and I see off to our right uh, a, a music shop, and I thought, oh, let's go check that out before we go in. And she said, no, no, I need to go into Hobby Lobby. You can go to the music shop, and I'll meet you later at the Hobby Lobby. And I stopped and I looked at her, and said, oh yes, I'm gonna let my wife go into. Hobby Lobby without supervision because and you know what while I'm at it we're gonna get on the crazy town train (laughs) and drive there and you could drop me off at the bankrupt city exit because that's where we're headed if we go in there by yourself (laughs) well you weren't exactly safe in the uh Music shop, neither. I'm, I was presuming that they sell musical instruments. But well, they they, they did. They have a they have a small uh, stash. We I ended up I trusted her, I, my lovely wife. I trusted her for like what fifteen minutes, and um, I went in, and it was a small uh, music store. It had some guitars. It didn't have my brand, so it was you know if you walk in and it doesn't have Takamini or Taylor or something like that, then it's it's it's, it's safer. But uh, it was what what is more is for music lessons. And so I stood there and talked to the the clerk uh, for a while, and we again we have nothing like this in our little small town, and so it was just neat to to see something that's really uh, supporting the arts, and and you know it's a for profit business, and I got no problem with that, and it's um, so I talked with them, then we went to Hobby Lobby, and of course you know Brenda was it, it she actually hadn't even got past the first couple of um, displays <laughs> in the first 10, 15 when, minutes. When one is deprived, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you know, she always has fun. And uh, I, I'm one of those, I'm not big on shopping in general, but I have fun shopping with my wife. I, she, I don't know. You are a rare male because most men, you know, they, I even have at the store I work in, I even have a, in my husband chair. So when they come in, they don't bother their wives while they're shopping. They can sit in the husband chair and have a little magazine section there and everything, and they can just relax. Yeah. And well, in, on, in certain stores, I, I, I can do that. Like when we go to the, the massive Goodwill stores and she, God love her, she can go through every aisle and everything and she's searching. So yeah, I grab a book out of the book section and I go to the furniture section. <laughs> And I just start reading. Demo that recliner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm trying it out. Trust me. I might buy it. <laughs> I've seen people in the Walmart, you know, in their patio department mm-hmm. where they have the really nice patio furniture. I've seen whole families just kicking it back there and having a good time and yep. chatting away, you know. That's, 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 why not? That's just smart to me. And when, you know, she doesn't even bother to go into lingerie stores you know, with me or anything like that, because I, I no, no, not no, no, not not no. Victoria's <laughs> Secret will remain a secret to you. Exactly, <laughs> I will not go in. I because I, there's no place I could put my eyes. 
that would not make me look like something like I'm a cretinous old man. <laughs> or at least I, I may not look like that, but I certainly feel that. <laughs> well, there isn't much in the way of um, a purchase for a male. Unless you're buying for your girlfriend or no, wife. Yeah, you know. and I, to me, when it comes to lingerie, why pay all that money for something that you're gonna want your wife wants to you you're gonna want her to, to wear for five minutes? Because as soon as a man, uh, you know, a husband sees his wife in something like that, he wants it off. <laughs> so okay, we've gone down that road. <laughs> Let's not go down any farther down that road. I ain't in trouble. You start talking about yeah. that stuff, you could get in trouble fast. There's a big road close sign right there. Yeah. <laughs> Detour. And, and 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 Joyce on our radio show, she has been known to put her hands up, and that is the that is the universal signal of shut up. Do not go any farther where you're going. But being on radio, people don't see that part of it. So. Yeah. Little do they know. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. We have so much fun. But so, uh, you know, I have, and I have two beautiful daughters uh, that, you know, one's in the Marine Corps and one's in uh, Christian University getting ready, going, tra- training to go in the ministry. And yes, they are as screwy and, and, and weird as their, their mom and dad. It's just awesome. And, just, <laughs> and they'll both be home for vacation. Yes, they will. And yeah, they'll, they're, they're, they're yep. We're looking forward to that. So it's just kind of we're gonna figure that That'd out. Be a lot of fun. Yep. But I, 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 what came to mind, I thought for our for our first episode, to me, is you know I feel like Rod Serling. You know, picture if you will. <laughs> you know, it's August twenty seventh, twenty fourteen. This is actually before you had the blessing of meeting the awesome. You know. Oh yes. <laughs> it's a good thing you can't hear my eyes rolling in yeah. my head. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, they kind of click when they hit the stopper back there. But <laughs> but uh, it, it, August 27, 2014 was when I was officially installed as the pastor here at Clear Lake uh, Nazarene Church. And um, it's <laughs> it was so funny. We started in July. I started in July, but, you know, the district superintendent, my, my boss in, in our denomination, my boss is our district superintendent. And he couldn't make it down there to officially pray over the, the ministry and install me until August 14th or August 17th. So it's, and it's not a small thing. This is, I was only the second pastor in 20 years to be installed as the new pastor. The, the, the previous pastor had been there that long and had retired. And so it was a big thing for me, especially my first lead pastor. I was, I had pastored in Arkansas as a music minister for, for five years. Then I came here. So, you know, the, the district superintendent there, it was there, very kind, loving, godly man in a suit. And, you know, which if you know anything about Clear Lake, California, you know, walking around in a, a suit and tie is you look like an elevator in an outhouse. You just don't belong. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen someone here in a yeah, suit. It's just not the yeah. way. It's a very earthy, casual uh, city that we live in. And, it you know, we're quirky, too, so... I don't think I ever asked you, but did you preview Clear Lake before you came here? Did you get this? They, they want to send you to another ministry. Um, do you get to say, "Oh, I'm going to check it out. And I'll go to Clear Lake and see what it's like there"? No. Well, uh, the the system that the Nazarene Church has is you interview, and if they if they feel uh, 
led and you feel led, then they will bring you out for an interview weekend. Mm. And uh, we had interviewed online with another church, and uh, one in Indiana, in fact. And both, uh, I don't know, I, they didn't offer, but Brenda and I felt after, you know, an hour and a half with them on Zoom and uh, talking with the district superintendent that, no, it's just, that's not going to be a good fit for us. But then we talked for about two hours with the church board here uh, from this church. And we thought, you know, that could be a possibility. And we prayed about it. And they called with um, in about, I don't know, several, a few days and offered to bring us out for an interview weekend. That The interview weekend is a lot, is, is the big thought part, because you're you're getting, you're meeting everybody and you're meeting the board and you're seeing, and, and one of the, uh, one of the board members lent us his car and we just said, he said, just go. He had, they had given us a tour of the, of, of the area around the lake, but he said, just go and explore. And, and it was nice. We took Sunday afternoon and, and a couple hours and did that. So it's, it's all a process. So yeah, I got to, we got to dip our toe in the water before we decided <laughs> to dive in. <laughs> I never asked you that question before, but it, it occurred to me a few times. You know, did you come here cold, or did you come and check yeah. the place out first? Well, we did. The you know, uh, Clear Lake is a very rural, um, earthy community, and one of the things that we found out online before we even interviewed was that forty percent of the roads in Clear Lake city limits are unpaved; they're dirt roads. And you know, <laughs> I pictured the. Because I, I, I'm originally from California, so I pictured in my mind, oh, Mayberry with an attitude is you know, <laughs> kind of what it was. <laughs> and, and that gave us pause. I mean, we thought, okay, really? What, what kind of community is? And, and um, it's a wonderful community. It's very quirky. You've got um, every different kind of personality and, you know... <laughs> I don't want to say religious affiliation, but definitely political affiliation under the sun. And they allow us to roam free. Yeah, and they let us. <laughs> well, you know, we're kind of contained. We're kind of isolated, so they let us. <laughs> well, when I first moved here, I said, I'm living in the biggest insane asylum in the world, and the people are so crazy, they don't even need to put up fences. They just stay here. <laughs> I have changed my opinion somewhat since that we're, time. We're among our own. Yes. So, you know, we, we know when we got a good thing. <laughs> But uh, so I was being installed here in, in, in Clear Lake, and it wasn't just that the superintendent was here. You know, my whole family, my, uh, my, I have an older brother and sister, and my mom and dad, and even my, my awesome nephew, CJ. Um, uh, he's autistic, and he is, I love him so much. He's the sweetest kid you'd ever want to meet. So he came up to, and of course, my family sits in the second row, smack dab in the middle. And so, I mean, right in front of me when I, and I'd already been preaching about a month and, uh, Dr. Calhoun, which is the, the, the district superintendent was sitting off to the side and I start preaching. The problem is I'm, I fit into Clear Lake because I'm as quirky as Clear Lake is. You know, I, I don't fit the, the stereotype of that you would think of for a, uh, uh, the, the average pastor. And so I start talking about how my family is weird and our we're goofy and we like to watch, it was shark week that week on, uh, on the discovery channel. So we had been watching shark 
you know, and we had watched an, a, a documentary, I think a two hour documentary on the Megalodon. Now, it's a lot more famous now because of the movie, mm-hmm. but at the time, we had never heard, what's a megalodon? Well, it's it's a species of shark that they say lived back um, 20 to 20 million years ago, and it was anywhere from 30 to 60 feet long, and it was up to 50 tons. Wow. So this is a massive fish. That's that, a lot of fish. Yeah. yeah. And I can imagine how much that bad boy ate. And it, what what's funny is is when I was was as we were watching the documentary, I thought, hey, you know what? Because it showed you know the size compared to other sharks. I thought there's a candidate for the for the the fish that swallowed Jonah. <laughs> and his boat and everything else. And <laughs> I thought, and and we, while I was while I was reminding myself of it today, and I was looking at at, at some pictures, there is a picture of a megalodon, a, a drawing, of course, mm-hmm. but of a megalodon with a scuba diver in front of him, and it was like, oh yeah, that's not even difficult. He had just swallowed him, and and oh, he could sure. have gone to where God wanted him to go and been done with it. So yeah, that's my vote. So compared to a whale shark, which is the other biggest critter mm-hmm. in the ocean. Um, these are like oh, this, way, 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 way bigger than that. These dwarf um, the blue whale. And so, yeah, the, what they're talking about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I mean, and it's all based on just a few jaws and teeth and stuff like that. But, hey, that's what they do. And so I was talking about how the, the, there's they showed, they talked about on this documentary evidence that there's still megalodon alive today just by bite marks on certain whales and stuff that they've seen but they figure if they're alive at all they're way down in the depths of the ocean and they only come up to feed and then they go back down again nobody's ever actually seen one but it's you know, there's evidence and so we watched that but also what we like to watch and again I'm talking about this in my sermon you're getting the introduction that I almost almost to the letter that I gave then and I said, but we also love our favorite uh, documentaries are Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and and it is when I said the the word Bigfoot, that's when the the the, the facial expression of my district superintendent started to change a little bit. <laughs> He's like, okay, where is he going with this? <laughs> And then, you know, We're pretty eccentric here, but uh, I'm not quite sure he's going to fit in. Yeah, I'm just, it was like, and, and everybody was kind of, I could tell, because that's the cool thing about preaching is you can see the, yeah, the faces all the of reactions. people. <laughs> yeah. and, and I, everybody's kind of looking like, oh, where is he going with this one? And, I, and so I said it. And this has become a standard uh, uh, motto for our family because we believe it so hard, so, so wholeheartedly. Stand up there and I say, if you don't believe in Bigfoot, your God is too small. And that's when all the color drained out of our <laughs> district superintendent's face. My brother and sister, who are like eight and eight years older than me, they they start giggling. My mom, you want to talk about hearing someone roll their eyes. She rolls her eyes. My dad, and audibly, my father said, she... <laughs> and you can guess what he finished... <laughs> Because, you know, for a first-time pastor... <laughs> what a debut. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, uh, I'll give him credit. I'll, I'll cut him that slack. That was something 
and that, that, but that's what I was going for. I wanted to say something that caught their attention, so they're going to listen to the rest of the sermon. And it's one of those things that I don't necessarily believe that there is still Megalodon, and I, I, I've come to the conclusion that I want Bigfoot to be real bad enough that I probably believe in him. But it's one of those things. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. If they truly exist, I believe in the possibility. Ah, uh-huh, that's what I believe. Yeah, the I believe in the possibility. Exist. There is absolutely, to me, in my faith in God and in Jesus, there's nothing God couldn't do if he wanted to. If he wanted to keep a megalodon alive from 23 million years ago until it was time for him to swallow Jonah and take him where he needed to go, he could. And he would do it for his purposes. And um, if he wanted to keep one alive today, just to keep the marine biologist off kilter. <laughs> I have no doubt God could do that. And would if he wanted to. And to take a species of beasts, like that Bigfoot, a primate that Bigfoot is supposed to be, and stick them in the farthest reaches of the unexplored areas of the world that you know, we only get these little bitty pieces of evidence and partial sightings, possibly, and all this kind of stuff. He could. And it it doesn't have to make sense to us why he would do it. It's just, it, it, I, I think too many of our, uh, of Christians today, we, we limit what God can do in our lives because we start limiting what God can and would do. We limit God, what what God can and would do to what makes sense to us, right? And we fall into that trap. So many fall into that trap of of that it has to make sense. I need to know why. I need to understand the details. I need God to explain this to me. And it and if it doesn't make sense, then it's not possible, and it's not of God. It has to kind of fall into the realm of what people already believe, stretching it, and he is not very much. They, so. they question it entirely. Yeah, very much so. And um, if it, it, especially, I've had so many people say, "Well, it, that doesn't make sense to me," so that's really not of God. And I've had heard people say that. And I and if you think about it, the gospel message itself makes no sense. When we, when we have a true picture of God, we've heard the gospel message enough and we've grown up with it and so many people because, you know, the, the church has been so prominent in this nation for so long, everybody knows kind of the, the, the concept of the, of the gospel and who Jesus started out with and who as and who he is and who he became. Um, but in the, in the pantheon of religions and the, and the ideas of where things are, God, the, the God himself, the creator of the universe, becoming as its creation, his creation, and coming down to earth for the purpose of living a life to teach us how to live and then dying for our mistakes and our sins and our stupid that is so prevalent in this country, in this world today. Um, that is That was the primary reason that he came here was to die for our sins. That makes no stinking sense when you stop and think about it and it, it's it is very unique among the uh the, the way religions mm-hmm. believe and stuff like that I'm not 
comparing the, well, I'm only comparing the, the, the stories itself because God did it his way and in his time. But Jesus came down here fully God and fully human. He showed us how to love. He showed us forgiveness, like the woman who was caught in adultery and told the, 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 the guys with the stones, you know, okay, fine. Y'all sinless, throw it. And they couldn't. They had to drop it and leave. And he told her, go and sin no more. And he showed us his, his power and his authority. You think of Lazarus, raising Lazarus from the dead. And several times throughout the Gospels, we, we see him, uh, see Jesus casting out demons by his word. And he, yes, he passed that authority on to the, the, the disciples. But, you know, he did it first. So God himself suffered the humiliation of death on a cross. This is a criminal's death that he suffered. And it was one of those things that that, that became an obstacle for a lot of the, uh, the believers at that time, especially Jewish believers. What, you're going to tell me that the Messiah is a, is a criminal and died as a criminal's death? People are still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. Well, if Jesus was so powerful, why didn't he stop it? Why didn't he do something? He could have, you know, stopped the whole thing. He could have mm-hmm. walked away, called God to smite them, you know, whatever. He, he was a son of God. He could do anything. But it needed to be done. He loved us too much to not do it. It would have been easier to just call down angels and say, just smite all these people. So in essence, when you think about it, that makes no sense. If you really think about it, it doesn't make any more sense than Bigfoot or Megalodon. But God is God. God is just God. And he does things his way. And this, this is one of those things that is a driving um, force in my life and in Brenda's life. And we've taught it to our daughters. God is God. He, God will be what God will be, whether it makes sense to us or not. So in faith, you need to take those restrictions off of your picture of God. Because we can look at it and think, okay, if oh, God, there's no evidence of Bigfoot, so God never made them. You know, and there's no evidence of whatever. It's the salvation event. If you think about it this way, the salvation event was the most amazing and miraculous event in history. Jesus dying on the cross and then rising from the grave three days later was the, was the pinnacle of, of human history and the most amazing thing in history. No one but God could pull that off, and he did. And if he can do that, if God himself can come down here and, and die for our sins and, and rise from the grave to, and take his place at the right hand um, in, in heaven, then you know what? Making Megalodon and keeping a Megalodon alive for the last however many million years just to mess with people, or Bigfoot walking around and we only getting glimpses of him, that's really not that big of a deal. And I know, and and we'll get into my theory of UFOs (laughs) maybe sometime. Really? I'm glad you didn't spring that on your first day. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'd, I'll really annoy a lot of people out there when we get into the other. But you know, it, even because now you know it, you find that there's 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 other things that people are supposedly seeing and stuff like that. But you know what? Let's just focus on on 
the most famous and according to scientists, the most likely. If something is going to exist out there, it's probably going to be Bigfoot. But those things are no problem for God. He can do that if he wants to. And since those are really no problem to God, then loving you beyond anything that you are capable of understanding, God himself loving you that much, that's no problem. And that, when you can understand what he's done and and what he can do, then understanding that he loves you beyond your understanding is not hard. Forgiving you of all your sins, and yes, including your worst sins, is not so hard to believe. And holding you close in your darkest times, that's not only no problem for him, that's a promise in his word. And he, he it, it is his pleasure to hold us close and to love us and to forgive us. So if we think of that things in that way, and we pray and we read his word and learn more and more about him, all of a sudden, it's not hard to comprehend. And as we start the new year, you know, and, and you know, 2023, we ain't had great years from 2020. <laughs> Everything is... You hate to even say, well, next year is going to be better because you're, you're afraid you're going to have to eat those words in the worst possible way. <laughs> yeah. That's after 2020. I said, oh, 2021's got to be better. Uh, no. <laughs> no. And yeah, yeah. Well, 21, 2021 basically told 2020, hold my beer and yeah. watch this because, yeah. you know. But, uh, you know, we've not had a lot of good years. And we can look to 2023 with a lot more hope when we understand, man, God is going to work and God is going to be who he is. And all we got to do is sit back and trust him. Follow him, yes, and, and, and follow his word, but we trust him to do and to be who he's going to be. I think this is what differentiates Christianity from a lot of other religions is the love. We're taught that God loves us. We are his children, mm-hmm. and that's a really comforting. Isn't it awesome? Yes, it is. It, it, it's, a, it's a good thing, and he shows his love for us. There, I, I, I don't claim to be authority on any other religion. <laughs> Praise God, I focus on on his word and on Christianity. Um, but it doesn't seem in what I know about other religions that the other religions, their gods show them the kind of love and the kind of sacrifice and the kind of, um, of, of passion, uh, passionate love that God shows for us and giving his only son and then coming back with the Holy Spirit to walk with us and to guide us and to comfort us. I, it's just an amazing, wonderful thing. So that that's a nice that's that's an introduction <laughs> to my wonderful friend Joyce Adams and to me and uh, I hope we hope that you come back next time and we're we're gonna be dropping these things probably every other week um, uh, uh, <laughs> that's the goal we're playing um, it by ear yeah but with me and ADHD you never know <laughs> it's a crapshoot so. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on our first episode of Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. And we're going to have a lot more. We're going to have a great time. And please remember, God smiles when he sees you. We'll talk to you next time.